Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply And welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer and on this occasion I am joined by my close associate Sean McGuigan. Hello there. And you know what happens when Nicholas Cameron and Danielle Heaney of the Terrace team up. Sean, do you know who they are? No. They're the incestuous brother and sister from <laughs> Glenrothes. Once, once saw them in Tesco. Once, I, think I've, <laughs> I think I've said this before. I'm glad you've, I'm glad you've looked them up. I just it's a, I feel sorry for the people at my work who when they see Glenrothist incest sister <laughs> on my search history, I am not long for this world. I think we've now exhausted as far as I'm aware, we've now exhausted uh, incestuous brothers and sisters. I don't know. When I was looking up the name of the couple in Brookside, there's a there's a page dedicated to incestuous couples in fiction. So who knows, over the course of the season, that page, I might get, visit it regularly to try and get Look, inspiration for these introductions. Looking forward to next week. <laughs> I suppose you kind of run out of them very quickly, though. I mean, when, I think what we've peaked with like the, the, the Grace and Robert Mugabe of the <laughs> Terrace, it becomes more and more difficult to find these sort of couples as, as you go on. So I'm, really, glad, I'm, I'm glad you're in charge of it and not me. <laughs> what, what, what sort of stuff would you go for then if you were to compare us to a, a famous couple who would you go for well I don't know I would need to google it for ages but I'm just I'm, I'm glad that that's your part of the podcast that you take care of that's that's right and god forbid if my if I die suddenly and <laughs> my parents want to know more about me and they look at my internet search history that's I, I think it would be very much like, like Jimmy Savile dying. You know, like he passes away and there's a tribute for him, but he's very, very quickly shelved. Or Chris Benoit with the WWE. That's, that's actually like Chris Benoit. They have a big mm. tribute for me, then the details actually come out the next night and it's all very, very quickly brushed under the, the carpet, never to be spoken of again. Maybe yeah, maybe just on the safe side, you need to like really Google wholesome stuff. Yeah, so we are the... The, the the Paul and Marie Curie of the terrace. <laughs> there you go. What's more wholesome than curing cancer? Nothing. Absolutely exactly, nothing. Exactly. But <laughs> Sean and I are back. Yes, we are back to cast our eyes over the biggest and best games that took place in the Scottish lower leagues over the weekend. <clears throat> it was the first round of matches in the 2023-24 season. And you best believe there is plenty for us to discuss. We'll be looking at one fixture from the championship, another from League One, and one more from League Two. But I think, Sean, before we get started, 
I think we would like to thank everyone who listened to our big lower league preview podcast that we recorded last week. And it was really good to see so many positive comments from people who seem to enjoy the show. Yeah, loads. I mean, I mean, dozens. Uh, still, <laughs> I, I, I think I got one. I think almost I, I almost got... double figures. <laughs> Nine. Uh, no, I think I got one. I think I got the, the the most recent one about literally about half an hour ago. People were taking literally a week to uh, to, to get to the end. I, I didn't realise I would get so many uh, notifications with the word buzzard when you suggested that at the end of last week's podcast. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it, because there may be some people that haven't got that far into the podcast that don't know what we're talking about, so let them enjoy at their, their own pace. But I think looking back to last Wednesday, we really did lose the run of ourselves. I remember at one point, I think we were discussing our broth, or we were coming up to finishing talking about our broth, and I looked at the recorder, and it had gone past 30 minutes. And I said, oh my goodness. It didn't feel long, but I've listened back to it twice now, and I, I, I don't feel like it drags. I think it, it hangs together very well. So if you haven't listened to it, please give it a go. I, I don't know what we've done differently from any other year. No. Didn't feel like we're doing anything differently. No, I didn't research it any differently. I, well, I suppose <laughs> I did research it differently. I, I planned it well in advance. It was just, there was a lot less... Because it's all thing when you're just making little notes about the teams as you go, rather than doing it over a weekend, because that's that's just impossible. But no, other than that, no, I was happy and content with the level of work that I put into it. Uh, same, and I'm glad uh, glad people seem to appreciate it. There was one comment from a Pugsley Adams looking ass MF who bodied us for getting Murakin's position wrong. Uh, my goodness, that was right at the start of the podcast. So if that's right at the start. I'd hate to think of all the other mistakes that were made. Turns out Murray Aiken is a midfielder and not a defender. Uh, was that the guy that also said that he was glad that I'd predicted that Airdrie would get relegated because my predictions are always terrible? Was that him? Oh, go and aye, Pugsley. Go and remind us what the Airdrie score was at the weekend. Yeah, that's what I thought. Shut up. But, uh, Sean, before we get going, how does it feel to be back at the football? The League Cup and the, the pre-season fixtures, they are basically just a shitty vegetarian canopy mm-hmm. that you get given at a wedding from people that you don't really like, but you're obliged to go to anyway. This is a fillet steak dinner. The league fixtures are the fillet steak main course dinners. How was it for you? Uh, no, I I was. I was grinning from uh, ear to ear, as you can imagine. And we will, we're, we're about to discuss Patrick Thistle versus Ray Throbo. So I, I, I loved my, well, I loved the end of my Saturday afternoon. What about uh, what about Steny versus Forfa? What about you? It was it was a good game of football. Good game of football. Nil nil, probably the fair result. I think that Stenisfier had the better of the play, hit the post twice, including an injury time. But Forfa Athletic looked pretty <clears throat> good at the transition, and they forced Darren Jameson into two really good saves. I think that I entertaining game of football, but more than anything else, it's just great being back. Just great seeing so many people at the games. Seeing that the same the, the the same faces, seeing new faces, watching back the highlights. I think Stenismere's multimedia content over the the past like like six months to a year is really really good, really impressive. I dare I say I think it's some of the best looking stuff in the the lower leagues. So yeah, very good being back. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Stenismere, as you said, Sean. We are going to start by talking about Partick Thistle two, Wraith Rovers two, and I want to kick things off with a tweet. This is a tweet from at Sean M and it says, starting the new season in the exact same way I finished the last one. Laughing hilariously at Partick Thistle losing an unassailable lead. Great stuff. Because the Jags were 2-0 up against Ray Throwers, Jack McMillan and Aidan Fitzpatrick gave him a lead. But an own goal from Harry Milne with seven minutes to go and then Kieran Mitchell in the 89th minute tied the game. Uh, you know something, a strange game and I think if you... Unless you were there, <clears throat> and you would unless you were there and then watch the highlights, you would you probably wouldn't realise how, or certainly I'd, my opinion, how that didn't really represent how the ninety minutes panned out. Okay, because I watched the highlights and I haven't spoken <clears throat> to you since then. But I watched the highlights. And I would have said that Wraith Rovers might have been the better side going by the highlights. Ah, uh, you know something? I would say I'd say over the piece in terms of. Good goal scoring opportunities. Partick Thistle maybe just about shaded it, or you could you can maybe, and I think you could certainly argue that a a point was was worthy for both teams based on the highlights. But see, actually been there and watching it, I mm-hmm. I didn't think that at all. I thought yeah. both teams, I thought both teams are poor at the back, and that's how Wraith managed to kind of fashion out so many chances, especially the first half. 
uh, first half there. And not just good chances, like really good chances that should have been taken. And another day, hopefully will be. But see see in general, see on the, the balance of play uh, and the, certainly the phases of play, Patrick Thistlewar, I would say, like far and away the better team. And I know Wraith have, have players to come back, but I think moving forward from the game, I would still have more faith in and maybe Patrick Thistle to mm-hmm. be, whether it's challenging Dun United or be runners up to Dun United rather than rather than Wraith Rovers. That's very interesting you say that. And I think a player <clears throat> that you had mentioned in the Terrace Podcast WhatsApp group chat was Kerr McEnroy. He came in to Patrick Thistle on loan from Kilmarnock. I think that could be an absolutely smashing piece of business. And I think he had quite a, a he missed a number of good chances actually. But I mean, he, a fact that it was his header onto the crossbar that led to the goal, his deflected shot that led to to the second goal. So he did play a really big part in them. Could have had more himself. But how influential in the game was he? Uh, man, a match by a mile. Yeah, he, I mean, well, I, it was it was. Good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that because I, I, I'm worried that he had a lost season at Kilmarnock last year. So it was good to know that he's got his mojo back. Weird, weird as to as to what to happen that Kilmarnock. I know there's rumours, and it's only rumours that that maybe there's more to it than than his ability uh, on on the field. That there was there's rumours that he had a fallout with with Derek McInnes, and that might be the case. But honestly, I think Patrick Thistle have like obviously they're worried about players that have that have left the club, and I totally get that. Kyle Turner felt like a huge loss. Ah, I'm not sure it is a huge loss when you yeah. can bring in somebody like Kieran McEnroy. Definitely, but for me, he was man of the match on top. Like he dominated the middle of the park. And certainly in the first half, maybe less so the second half. To be fair, maybe that was a wee bit more even. But see down the see down both channels. So mm-hmm. Lawless and Jack McMillan on the right, and Harry Milne and uh, Aidan Fitzpatrick on the left. Strong like they, flanks, really strong uh, I mean, flanks. I mean, Wraith Rovers really struggled with that in the in the first half. And I I thought Patrick Thistle. As much as Rovers should have scored in the first half, I thought Patrick Thistle were head and shoulders above them in that in that, in that first half. And and two 0 was didn't feel like it was against the run of play, certainly at half time. But you certainly had the chances at the start of the match. I mean, there was like you and Murray missed a really good mm-hmm. chance from over the bar. Jack Hamilton, uh, mm-hmm. it was I think it was a, to equalise with a really good ball in from from mm-hmm. Callum Smith. Quite a difficult <clears> chance because <throat> that was a sort of a volley from an angle, but. It looked as though it was presentable to a player of his quality. Yeah, no, very much so. And it was funny because when the so the game starts, I think straight from kickoff, uh, David Mitchell is forced to kind of turn one just over the bar, and that's in the opening seconds. Yeah, Wraith got a corner. They they maybe had two or three corners in the first couple of minutes, and then you and Murray had that chance after I think it was after four minutes. And and what you probably don't want is a, a guilt-ed chance guilt-edged chance falling to a centre-half that hasn't played in absolute months. But at that point, I'm thinking, my goodness, we've started strongly here. Pathic's on the back foot. They're one of the favourites for the league. We haven't won here in a while. This season's going to be this season's going to be class. It's going to be a really good laugh. And literally from David Mitchell's goal kick, we were a goal down. I was like, ah, this season's going to be, abs- <laughs> this season's going to be absolutely rubbish. Uh, but no, you're right. Absolutely presentable chances. Uh, but I think how the feeling I had watching it was it felt very similar to last season, albeit I, I still totally understand. I think I've mentioned it already in previous podcasts that Ian Murray says it's a, we're a bit different in terms of how we can come back. And I get that. I totally understand that. But it'd be good if they didn't find themselves in losing <laughs> positions every single week. We'll come on and talk about the Wraith Rovers' <clears throat> comeback just shortly, but a player from watching the highlights, a player who seemed to struggle in that match, was Scott McGill. I think he was pushed around a bit by Brian Graham for Thistle's third goal, for Thistle's first goal, and he, this this one perhaps a bit more sympathetic towards him, but he switched off a little bit and, and allowed Fitzpatrick to score from, from close range. Was it fair to say that he struggled a wee bit? I, I, th- I think... Uh... I think on both flanks to a degree, but certainly on race, right hand side, and like I wasn't like by no stretch of the imagination was I against the the signing of Scott McGill in the summer. What I was a wee bit surprised at was just how many Ruth Rovers fans were delighted with that signing. Uh, he was, you know how like basically it felt like the last eight or nine weeks of last season nobody was really that fussed at the Rovers. Yeah. That's it's how a, that's how the performances felt. But McGill. It felt like McGill was 
trying to win a contract, if that makes sense. Like, okay. I don't know if McGillivray yeah, yeah. said, listen, see if you can impress your deals up at Hearts. They've already said that they won't be offering you a new deal. There might be something here for you. And he was he was maybe better than most players that last eight or nine weeks. But I didn't think he was necessarily great. It was just that a lot of players were playing below the standards that they'd already proved they can, they can hit earlier in the season. So I, I was fine with him coming in, but I don't think he's good enough to be somebody who plays a role in the starting eleven going forward. And I certainly don't think he's a right back. Hmm. And I think he was he was exposed at points. To be fair, I don't know if Josh Mullen gave him loads of help uh, during the game, but I, I I don't think he is a a, a right back and heel. As soon as Mullen is uh, is fit, he'll come back in. It's with the balls going into the back post of all the players, <laughs> perhaps in in the lower leagues that you want to get in a one-on-one in that situation with, Brian Graham is perhaps the one you would not want to be involved with. And it's ball at the top. And he seems he seems unable to jump. I don't know if that's because Brian Graham's like... I thought it was prevent, a foul. Preventing I him thought, to jump. I thought it might have been a foul. Like Graham had two hands on him, was, was maybe pushing him down. To be fair, maybe I'm biased. But I, I thought it could have been. Even at the time, I thought it could have been a free kick. Watching it back, I thought it might have been a free kick. But... Regardless, I, I agree with the point in general. McGill struggled for the for the entire game. Not as much as struggling as Kerr McEnroy did to actually head the ball over the line from <laughs> one yard. Now, I could not believe that. I could not believe that. When when I, I I watched the highlights back and then went and checked the goal scorers, I can't believe that that was given to uh, like Jack McMillan. Because how on earth do you miss a header from a yard out? I just thought it might have crossed the line. But Certainly regardless, McMillan made sure. McMillan made sure it crossed the line. The fact that he was a yard out and somehow managed to hit the underside of the bar and then bounced down and out, and then McMillan made sure. And I, I, I thought maybe at the time it was over line. Watching the back, I thought it was over line, but it was. Uh, well, I suppose he got the assist, and uh, Jack McMillan won't be complaining. The Fitzpatrick scored in the forty-fifth minute, right before the interval. What was the mood like at that point when the when the goal? Goes in. I mean, it's McEnroy has a shot from the edge of the area, completely fluffs it, but there's Fitzpatrick there just waiting to to jab it in from close range. I, I spoke to a few people at halftime and it, it felt very much like last season. So, so yeah, they've been like decent patterns of play. I, they're creating goal scoring opportunities, but there's just that kind of weak underbelly which Patrick Thistle had and managed to, to kind of expose and. I don't think anybody really, as much as they created chances, I don't know if anybody really expected them to come back. And that was because of the, I think it was an unpleasant surprise at how weak the bench was. Yeah. But oddly enough, again, because it was a, a reasonably weird game, Partick's substitutions, I felt, incrementally weakened them, whereas Race gave them a wee bit of impetus. Uh, so, so I, as, as much as people were, thought that the bench meant Race bench meant that they wouldn't necessarily be able to to introduce anything late in the game. It was actually quite the opposite. I find that interesting because there the first substitution was made. Lewis Vaughan was taken off in the 76th minute, replaced by Ethan Ross. Ross himself had a, a very big impact at the game, but what was it about Ian Murray's substitutions that swung the game in the Rovers' favour? So, so firstly, I was mortified in that 76th minute because I, I don't stand up and shout abuse at people, right? But Ethan Ross, like he's, he's had bad injuries over the last 18 months, but he has also played quite a lot of games in that time and has never has never reproduced the form that he, he demonstrated when he initially signed for the club. And and it's very frustrating. And I turned around, so I was sitting next to Andy Harrow at the game, and I turned around and I said, I do not like Ethan Ross. And I don't know which Ross family members were sitting behind Andy Harrow. It was, a, I presume it was his dad and, and maybe his sister. But see if looks could kill. Like they were furious. If looks could kill, my my heart would have packed in at that very moment. It was mortifying, uh, and it turned out he was excellent. He was absolutely. <laughs> uh, that was his. How he played when he came on on Saturday was how he was the the kind of the ability to beat a man, get his head up, pick out a pass, uh, identify opportunities. That was the kind of stuff he was doing when he first joined that he's never done since for, for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, but no, he was he, he was excellent. I, I think the fact that he was, like Jack McMillan had went off for Patrick Thistle. Mm. They'd brought on uh, Nielsen, who they've got a loan from Hart. So he was, he was up against 
Wasiri, is it Wasiri Williams? Yeah, was it, was it, is it Wasiri? I thought it was Wasiri. Uh, I compared uh, it to maybe. Uh, well. Waskily Wabbit. <laughs> well, it, it, it was up against him, so he, I, I wasn't overly impressed with him in, in general. Uh, but no, he was like Ross had a very, very impressive game. And if that's if he's now back to his best, which to be fair, I know it's a small sample size. Again, it's another good problem for for Ian Murray to have because there's a, an abundance of options for those uh, for those forward areas. But it was the that was the second substitution that that, that managed to pop up with equaliser. Yes, I. This is uh, Kieran Mitchell. Now, Kieran Mitchell's a player I saw a couple of times last season when he was on loan at Bonnyrigg, and I was quite impressed by him. He really brought a different dimension to the Rose attack. He was quite fast, quite direct. He played against Steny. There was one he actually went one-on-one with the goalkeeper and really should have scored in the match where a lot of people were swearing at Stephen Swift after the match, <laughs> which I found, which I, which I, uh, which I was like, joined in. I, I, no, 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 no. I'm very much like yourself, Sean. I'm too much of a pussy to actually shout it. I'll just wait till I, I go online or go on a podcast and then... <laughs> Then I feel feel comfortable having a pop. But no, he, he looked good and he certainly, like you say, brought a different dimension to the mm-hmm. attack. And it's good to see guys who have gone on loan elsewhere coming back to their parent clubs higher up the food chain and making a difference. And and there's every chance that that, that loan spell has done him the world of good. I know I, I don't want to kind of like kind of accentuate the negative, but see, I, like, I know strikers can uh, create space in the box by not moving. Like everybody else moves round about him, but they just stay still and create space. He stood in that spot for ages. <laughs> nobody, like he's almost in the penalty spot, and nobody picks him up. But he's like uh, Ross as well. I mean, initially Ross's cross is blocked. And he, everyone's appealing for a handball. He appeals ball. for a penalty, and I was like, like the ball was rebounding to him, and I was like, at the time, I was like, no, don't appeal for the penalty. Get the ball again and, and cross it in, and he, that's exactly what he did. Picked up Ross very well, and uh, I sorry picked up Mitchell very well, and like, a, a good finish. But Gizo, I mean, poor defending again from Patrick Thistle. He was standing on that spot for a good wee while without anybody without anybody picking him out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It seemed. Like Partick Thistle were very panicked at that point because it's all very well it's been fairly comfortable you've taken a two goal lead into the interval you're playing in the, the second half there's not much incident you're doing well to hold on to your lead you've got opportunities to perhaps extend it and then all of a sudden that two goal lead gets halved and then there's Ethan Ross has come on adding a different dimension to the attack and all of a sudden all of a sudden, the game is very quickly going against you, and it just it looked very, very panicky from the the entire Thistle backline and the midfield as well. No, it absolutely was. And I, if you're a Patrick Thistle fan, going away from that game to to only come away with a point, let's face it, you're going to be you're going to be down in the dumps. However, I think on the balance of play, bear in mind there was this whole expectation that Patrick Thistle were going to struggle this season. Financially, they weren't in a great place. If they can just finish mid table, that would be a, that would be fine this season. They'll get they'll get top four. They'll get top I, four. I think uh, I, I think based on this ninety minutes, then Patrick are going to have a, a, a pretty dis- decent season all in. Do you think the same? Can you say the same for the Rovers? So I didn't like how they set up. That there was a and there's been a discussion. All well, since the League Cup campaign starts, in terms of this one player sitting in front of the back four, my my opinion was Ian Murray is playing that because he didn't have a defensive midfielder. I think he would like he, he wants to play a, a four two three one. 
Anyway, ideally, we'd have Scott Brown, who's injured, of course, and Ross Matthews, who's injured, of course. So he's been playing Sam Stanton there, which isn't really his game, but he's the best of a bad bunch at, at sitting there. So there's only been one sitting in front of the back four. He's now signed Sean Byrne. Mm, yeah, coming along for Dundee for the rest of the season. Yeah, Scott Brown will be back soon. I, I hope Ross Matthews is back soon. I do wonder what the signing of Byrne means for him. Like, hopefully he's back soon. And, is and is Byrne a better player than Matthews, do you reckon? Mm, I think so. I always quite Certainly. liked Sean Byrne and I never really understood why he was why he was not given an opportunity last season under uh, Gary Boyer. But again, I suppose he's one of those he might fall under the category of a player who becomes better because he wasn't getting a game. Yeah, like, no, that's, Dundee, that's, fair. See, that's see, fair. See when Dundee were playing pool, it was like, oh, if only we'd had Sean Byrne. Uh, listen, I think it's a good signing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but if you have Brown, Scott Brown and Byrne protecting the back four, I, I'm still certain that Murray will revert back to a 4-2-3-1. I think Rovers will be all the better for it. So, no, I think it's a good signing and I'm still reasonably hopeful uh, for the remainder of the season. No, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear it. Now, you mentioned having slagged off Ethan Ross and his family making fun of you. Have you ever had an entire commentary team making fun of you after you've criticised a player? <laughs> Not as far as I'm aware, but I, I do know who you're going with this. It was very funny. For the first time, I've actually been able to do a good link from one game <laughs> to the next. It doesn't happen often. This is one time that I've actually managed to do it. <laughs> we're going to go into League One and we're going to talk about Queen of the South 3, Aloha Athletic 4. Uh, where to start with this encounter? A real ding-dong match between the two sides. Kieran McKechnie got the Rovers one up in the second minute, but David Mackay, Bradley Rodden, Connor Salmon nudged the Wasps in front. Riley pulled one back from the penalty spot before Rodden added his second of the match just before the interval. And although Riley got a second penalty to make it 4-3, it was a mere consolation. But that's really, I mean, that's there's, there's a, we're talking a lot to talk about there. There's only really one place we can start, and that is with the performance of Bradley Rodden. On our big lower league preview podcast, I was very critical of Bradley Rodden. I was critical of his performance against Sterling Albion in the League Cup. I said it looked like a competition winner. He said, I said he played football like me, someone that does not have a football brain. And then he turns up, he was sensational here, man. He was absolutely he was sensational. <laughs> no! Oh my God! I could not believe it. And the, the thing that came up twice on the, 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 the podcast, he, the, I think the co-commentator said, do you think that Rodden's been listening to the, the terrace where we weren't, weren't very complimentary about him? On, on last week's show and then when he gets his second goal of the game a really good touch and finish Kieran Mooney Kieran Mooney the other commentator Kieran you have done me bad here he says Bradley Rodden 2 Craig Telfer of the Terrace nil another thing as well Sean I don't know if you noticed Bradley Rodden celebrated with his finger on his lips now I don't want to be so egotistical and big headed that that was directed at me but I can't I can't help the, the, the body of evidence Suggests that might have been in my direction for saying, shut up, you flabby cunt. I am a I'm a decent player. I'm a decent player. Absolutely done me. Listen, it was very, very funny. Uh, I enjoyed the commentary and just the like the game in general. See of class, man. This looked like this is daft, this game. There was so there's so many <laughs> interesting facets of this game here. And that's why I think we we probably embrace uh, lower league Scottish football because I would love it if it was if it was like classy football and everything was very good. There is a lot to dismantle here and most of it is awful. But I yeah. am I am absolutely happy with that as well. <laughs> Aye, so the, the best thing about the match is, was Bradley Ron's performance. I mean, like it was just full of hard running, uh, good graft, two very good goals, <clears throat> a couple of couple of chances that, that he came close to getting a third and fourth with. And uh, something I actually only learned... At, like, kind of after the fact that he actually missed parts of last season with, a, with an injury. He was out for about four months, so he's only uh -huh. just coming back. He hadn't scored last season, so he really did have a point to prove. It doesn't help when people like me are slagging him off. And, you know, it's not from to be cruel or to be a smart arse or something. I just, that's just the impression I get, is that he might not be good enough for Al Athletic. However, I was, I mean, just one performance, but I was proved completely wrong and he got it right on me. So you've got to hold your hands up and say, <laughs> fair play, man, because if you can continue like that into the course of the season, 
all this talk of Alwa signing another striker and how they're short up front, that then Rodden will be the man to lead the line. He looked as though he linked incredibly well with Connor Salmon. That fourth goal especially, Connor Salmon's like, the way he took the ball in and just popped it off, mm-hmm. really, really classy stuff. And if, if, they, if they can attack like that, then that, that certainly augurs well for the season ahead. Yeah, and, and even behind them, because you're right, I, I mean, I, I watched the League Cup games. I wasn't impressed by them. And I presumed that they were going to have uh, issues scoring goals this season. Then they managed to score four uh, on, uh, on on the first game of the season. But Salmon, you've already mentioned Salmon and, and Rodden. They were excellent. Scoogle looked like he'd a right Scoogle, good game. Yeah. Behind them leg, he was excellent. Uh, Kevin Colley, who at, at points played a bit deeper last season, he was pushed a bit more forward. He was linking with them very well. I, I mean, there was there was a lot to admire about uh, about Alois' performance. Not necessarily defensively at, at, at points, uh, but I certainly going forward, did actually looked excellent. Yeah, certainly didn't get off to a good start though. So after two minutes. Dave Mackay, there's a ball that's played through from the middle of the park. It seems like he's he's just about all he needs to do is to take a touch and and bring him under control. But I think he kind of gets chips over his own feet almost. It's very difficult. Like you've kind of got to go. I, but it's, it's unclear. It's like if he if he's made a mistake or he gets a shout from someone, but the ball com- the, the path of the ball, which is must be travelling at three miles an hour, completely <laughs> flummoxes him. And there is um, there's Kieran McKinnon. It's actually a really good finish. I, however, one thing I want to say, I, I think that the Ogai, the Aloe Athletic goalkeeper, the, the co-commentators, the com- two commentators both described him, they said the word at the exact same time, unorthodox. Unorthodox. <laughs> I think, Sean, the impression I get from this guy is uh, he's going to be a good laugh this season. I do not think he's very good. There was two occasions in that match. I mean, we're going by the highlights package. There may have been more, but he try- seemed to want to save everything with his feet. Right, that one from uh, from 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 McKechnie. He comes out feet first. He comes out feet first. But then there's there's a bit in the the game is McKechnie puts a cr- tries to put a cross it's a in. Cross. It's got a deep cross, and he comes in and tries to slide tackle the ball. <laughs> oh wait, I've never, I've literally, literally never seen a goalkeeper outside five or side football doing that. <laughs> uh, remarkable no, I- stuff. Listen, goalkeepers save shots with their legs. I've never seen a goalkeeper trying to take a cross with their legs. That that just doesn't happen. And I I think I may have said last week that uh, Ogai came from the German fourth tier, the Tasmanian Berlin. Berlin. Yep. It turns out, I think this was mentioned on uh, Alawa's commentary as well, because I, I think they suggested that the the maybe the German fourth tier is isn't similar, uh, sorry, is similar quality-wise to the Scottish third tier, which I suppose makes sense. It turns out that Tasmania Berlin's Wikipedia page is out of date. Actually, last season, Tasmania Berlin played in the fifth tier, which is very much a kind of regional Ah. kickabout. And listen, I don't know if he played every week, but I did check out uh, their league table from last season, and they had one of the worst defensive records uh, in that that division. Sean, I'm beginning (laughs) to get understand why they had one of the worst defensive records in the division. A goalkeeper who is unprepared to use his hands. But I want to know, more than anything else, I want to know (laughs) how on earth he made his way from the German fifth tier into Scottish football. I would imagine it. I would imagine it's Brian Rice. I'm sure he has an encyclopedic knowledge of the German lower leagues. I need to know this guy's journey. As it was, it was at work reasons. Say, for instance, he was playing part-time football in Germany and moved to Scotland for for work, and he gets in <clears> touch <throat> with Alan. So I'm playing at this level, etc. Can I come in on trial? Brian is like, of course. Then you come, and he, he takes a liking to him. What is there more to it than that? Does he have an agent? Please, if anyone knows. Get in touch with myself and Sean because it's actually I looked through the Allo Athletic thread in Pine Bovril. I, I don't think there's been a quite a, a a decent explanation for it. I saw somebody talking about how they've got a reasonable interest in sort of like German lower league football. There's no explanation as to what a guy he was doing at the Rex, and I need see to know he, uh, what he's doing there. See if he continues to go for the ball with his legs, then there would definitely be an in-depth investigation mm. as to how he, he ended up at Clark Manninger. Well, he went off injured and PJ Morrison had to come on later on in the game. So this goalkeeper is going to be a lot of fun. This, a guy is going to be a lot of fun. And you could tell that within two minutes of this match. That this this goalkeeper doesn't play by the rules. It, it was the fact that 
to see the, 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 the cross that he came for uh, with his legs. So he came for that. That didn't go that well, but like n- nothing disastrous. Then he kind of walked back towards his goals. Then the highlights panned to uh, a corner to Queen of South. He just wasn't there. <laughs> I, I, I think he, I think he injured himself uh, during that motion, but I, I don't I, know for sure. I see when it's something as significant <clears throat> as that in a game of football, you need to actually show the goalkeeper being taken off. You need to bring up a graphic saying there's a substitution. You can't just replace the goalkeepers and expect to get away with it. You need to give the viewer some indication. I've got to say, though, Alois Highlights package is consistently very, very yeah, good. I think very the graphics they bring up at the start. Kira Mooney's a good commentator. Is, is it Brian? Oh, can't, I, I, forgive me, I, don't, I can't remember his second name. Uh, but I think they, they've got a good chemistry between the two. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it for a number of years now. Yeah, they're very good. It's, uh, it, it's good. They've good sense of humour. I quite like, I, do, I think the way the commentary works, it just, they must just, whoever edits it, must just take the the entire the entire stream for the game it's recorded and chop it up. So sometimes when it fades in from a, from what's been a fairly innocuous passage of play, you get like the tail end of an anecdote. <laughs> you know, the, the two guys are talking about a match that took place in the early two thousands, and they just get oh, and, and here's Collie in the attack. <laughs> so maybe that is it. You need to to get the full Allo Athletic lore. You need to watch these games from start to finish. Dipping into the highlights, you're only just getting a wee nugget as to, to what they're talking about. But no, no, very, very good stuff. But Aloha came right back into a very good finish from David Mackay from inside the penalty box, making up for his error. And it was it was very reminiscent of Queen of South, was it first day of last season? Where they went a goal up against Clyde. So, so I, I, I kind of looked at this goal as exactly the same as last season. I'm like, ah, there's Queen of South one up against, early against Clyde. They are going to be terrible this season. And then Clyde <laughs> went several goals in front. And then it was the exact same on Saturday there. I was like, aye. Alo are not going to be good this season. Queen of South might very well be playoff uh, contenders or maybe challenge Falkirk. And then suddenly they're, suddenly they're uh, kind of 3-1 down. But defensively, uh, Queen of South are dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I, I thought in particular Paul Mackay, and I think that's Dave Mackay's brother, who... Played, they're they're the, they're the sons of the disgraced agent Willie Mackay. They had played to with each other at Queens last season. Am I right in thinking? And, and Dave Mackay moves to Al Athletic. Or they I, play I with each other at Airdrie. They play with each other at Airdrie. I might be wrong. I'm uh, sure. I'm sure they're brothers. I'm sure they're brothers. They might be brothers. I mean, Dave David Mackay played with Wraith Rovers. Went from Wraith to I think Queen of South and then to Alloa. I'm wrong. Right, Dave, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong. <laughs> I know Paul Mackay is Willie Mackay's son. That's right. right. Okay. That much is true. Dave Mackay, never heard of this MF in my life. So I, I'm I'm sorry for, for lumping you in with that, uh, Dave Mackay. Nice finish. I'll say that. Nice finish. I I would almost be tempted to to rather play him up front than in, in centre half based on uh, based on the first three minutes of this highlights package. I suppose if you make a terrible mistake, that's the, the best way to rectify it is very, very quickly and by just cancelling out your own mistake by scoring a goal. Yes, but see, based on personal experience, if David Mackay is going to cancel out all of his egregious errors this season, he's going to have to score about 27 goals. Challenge accepted, says Dave Mackay <laughs> listening to this. This is probably getting played in the athletic changing room. Just I, I you know something, I, I was surprised that uh what was I surprised at? I was surprised that Effie Ambrose didn't play for Queen of South. Because I think that may had a kind of huge bearing on how how weak they were defensively. Because they looked so so Effie I mean I I wasn't sure how good Effie Ambrose would be. Uh, this season for Queen of South I, I think he might be one of the better uh, centre-halves and I think Cami O'Donnell started at left-back he looked like he had a like a really poor game uh, as well and even I think it was Todd's uh, no sorry Cam- Cami Logan sorry Cami Logan ah, started Cammy at left-back O'Donnell's playing for, for, uh, for Cami was at, was at Allo uh, Cami Logan started at left-back I, I felt a bit sorry for him and then Todd's kind of wayward pass as well I mean it was just it looked tired. Like, it, that looked a very, very tired pass. And that's but, 15 but minutes in the into game. the game. That's 15 minutes into the game. It looked like you've just careless, you're exhausted, you've you've not got the energy to look up and, and do things properly. I mean, fair play to Rodden, because it's like he is onto it like a shot mm-hmm. off a shovel. And it's a, the, the touch to take it past Mackay, and it's an emphatic finish. I think he, he might actually give Botterill the eyes, because he seems to... Botterill goes one way, 
and the balls, the balls on the other side. Yeah, so it's a great finish from Ron, but I, 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 I don't think I could give any. Uh, I'm having a bit of fun there with Paul Mackay. I don't think I could give him any blame for for that goal. That's, that's Josh Todd. That's that, that second goal. Yeah, but just I, uh, I just expected more from from Kuna South, I suppose. Yeah, uh, I we're kind of given Marvin Bartley praise. I, I think everybody has has been impressed by Marvin Bartley so far. It'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. Like, I, I, I presume that Bartley will now start every week. Uh, but there's Ambrose, you mean? It, sorry, that Ambrose will start every week. But it just feels like there is there is gaps in that team. I'm not quite as certain as they'll finish top four as, as I thought they would be. No, I think they'll finish top four. I think that Bartley had said at a and a before the match there's going to be a bit of movement inward and outward, so he's still not quite satisfied with the way the team is. And I'd read, I don't know if this stat's true or not, but Queen of the South haven't conceded a goal when Effie Ambrose has been on the pitch. So I think what you might see going forward is that I think uh, Paul Mackay might come out of the team, Effie Ambrose might go in. I th- and I, th- I think that's like Ambrose. I mean, Ambrose was booked in the match. He'd, he'd quite a, a, a sort of just a late tackle on on someone making their way through through on goal. But I that might be the the way to go forward. But I think that Queen of the South still have a bit of work to be done if they're if they're going to be competitive. I think there's perhaps too many players from last season uh, underachieving squad. I think Mackay might fall into that category. It sounds like I'm giving him a kick in. I, I mean, I know we've had I had a wee laugh about him, but I don't mean to do that. But just sometimes you know. You, Need a change of scenery, and I think that perhaps more than anywhere else, he might need a change of scenery. On the flip side, I wasn't sure what to expect from Alloa this season. However, I, I think they're now coming into the equation for top four again, based on a, a limited sample size. But I was pretty impressed by them. I would say I saw the most stonewall penalty of all time in this match, though. There's Josh Torres running in on goal, and it kind of looks like he's. Not like a guy you can come out and gather the ball, but for Taran, just like no, nobody's getting the ball. It just like, just like slices him in half. It's just it's a really really bad. It's not like a nasty tackle. I mean a bad tackle in terms of like it's just like stupid tackle to make. It doesn't. But hurt he knows. Him. He, he knows he's done Straight it. Li- <laughs> he's just lied on the deck. Was like his, his head in his hands. Like ah, that'll be a penalty then. Because I think like a guy could have got it. I mean maybe he didn't get the shout. I mean it's a. Like even if he did, the goalkeeper didn't move for it. Didn't get a shot. You've oh, got to make a better tackle than that. But it's oh, a guy really... would have slide tackled him. <laughs> I know, guy would have given away a penalty instead. <laughs> but that was that was uh, that was bad. But I think there was there was a lot to like about it. I Rodden, we've spoke, we've talked him up. The relationship he's got up front with Sam, Google's performance, Collie. I think that just at the at the back, I mean, for Tan, that's a, a bit of a brain melt there. That was that was poor from him. I thought that like Dave McKay getting his feet sewn up. Four three, thought the second Aloha penalty, the second Queen of the South penalty. I thought that was very harsh. I wasn't hundred percent sure who handballed it, but I think that the ball hit his hand from it over two or three yards away. Yes. There's really nothing he could have done to got his ha- to get his hand out the way in that time, and the ball the ball's been kicked at him. But it really seemed to set up a nervous finish, which kind of similar to what we we're talking about in the in the previous match of Partick Thistle. You can kind of understand when you've got a two goal lead, and all of a sudden it becomes like a one-goal lead and there's the, the, the home crowd, there's the impetus in them on you to, yep. to, to take it forward. I mean, there's a bit in that right at the end of the match where Stefan Skugel thinks he's been fouled on the edge of the penalty box and puts his hand over the ball, but mm-hmm. the, the referee's not given the foul. He gives it an, an, against Skugel for handball. And that would have been absolutely horrendous if, if, if Queen's had scored from that. But I, no, I, I, I think the... encouraging from Allah, encouraging I'd... from Allah. I thought the penalty was harsh, but the only thing I would disagree with in terms of some of the comments I've seen is, oh, that was a terrible penalty, and that's that sums up the standard of League One referees. Because <sighs> in all honesty, you could have you could have that decision. I think we've probably seen that decision in games that have VAR. Yeah. Like so it isn't necessarily like that decision wasn't given necessarily because the referee's poor, it's just because the handball rule is Quite difficult to fathom mm-hmm. out at points, but the, I, I must admit, I thought it was I thought it was harsh. If the referee hadn't given Vertan's challenge, <laughs> then, then you'd be like, "Well, the referees at this level are absolutely <laughs> terrible." But I that penalty, it's you're absolutely right. I, I I don't want to go down the the handball rule and so on. And I think there's a Patreon podcast where Joel Sked had visited the VAR dungeon. I mm-hmm. think the journalists were briefed yep. about what VAR is going to look like going to the season ahead. I mean, that's actually irrelevant given the fact we're we're talking about a team. 
two teams who are never going to see VAR unless they progress far into the Scottish Cup. But nevertheless, I, I, I'm not too keen on, on giving um, referees a, a, a kicking. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, just while we're still on, I mean, I'm not sure if there's anything else to, to add to this match, but just while we're still uh, talking about League One, did you catch the highlights from Falkirk 3 and an Athletic nil? I, I did, yes. Uh, they're, they're just sensible highlights now. That's disappointing. Yeah, it always wasn't. I mean, I suppose watching Falkirk, the league favourites, beat the guys who are expected to finish bottom of the table. There's not a lot of jeopardy there. There's not a lot of fun. But yeah, let's say Falkirk's highlights have got better and worse at the same time. There can't be too many highlights packages where you bring in a new commentator and subsequently you make them better, but you also make them worse. Do you know what? Uh, do you know which commentator I was interested by was the the new Senesh Muir commentator? That's Chris McMillan, who was formerly at Dumbarton. Well, he spent maybe two minutes hyping up the game but the highlights only lasted five minutes and nine seconds. I found that remarkable myself. I just I just saw there was a minute of silence that they kept left out and the highlights just moved that forward until I actually saw a ball being kicked. So I, that, that was the fact they were saying things like, it's a new year at the Warriors, uh, a new season, new hopes, new dreams. And then like at that point, the, the, the highlights were almost finished. And then you see Nat Weatherburn getting on the ball and just very slowly ambling forward with it. Fair play, I'm not a really good, a really good hype man. No, no, I enjoyed Mill- it. No, I enjoyed Mill- it. Very good. He was at Dumbarton with Fraser Clark, so it's quite interesting that we've we've signed someone from Dumbarton, like it's uh, <laughs> like signing the commentators, almost like a football transfer. No, it's a good piece of business. He's a really nice guy as well, Chris. So it's, it's good to it's good to see. Uh, I meant to say, Sean. I meant to say because I was too keen to do my segue from. The, the Partick Thistle Raith Rovers game into the, the Queen's Allo one, but did you get the chance? I wanted to talk about the like the big games that we're going to cover and then maybe a secondary game, just talk about it mm-hmm. in passing. You get the chance to watch the highlights of or watch the game at all of, of Dundee United against our broth, 4 0 yes. to the Terrors. That was as what the certainly the first half. I mean very easy for, for Dundee United to take their foot off the accelerator pedal after the interval. But in terms of first half performances, that really was the, again, similar to what we're saying with Falkirk Cannon, a, a team who are going to win the division against a team who could well drop out it. Ah, I mean, I, I think if you compare that to any game over the last few seasons when you've had a, a pre-season title favourite, whether that's Kilmarnock or whether it's Dundee or even whether it's maybe Hearts, which might have been the season before or, or the season before that, I, I, I forget. I, I can't remember too many games that were just an utter utter one-way traffic kind of whitewash. I mean, it was 4-0. Could have been more than that, actually. And from a... Bearing my dad said that, listen, maybe somebody else could challenge Dungeon United if they don't do very well. If Jim Goodwin... I think they've got a good squad, but if Jim Goodwin can of get them playing together, yeah. then maybe good... Listen, I mean, that was... They, they looked excellent. I, I, I now presume they'll win the league. For a broth, that felt like a kind of terrifying 90 minutes yes Dungeon United were good are they going to be are they going to sweep away other teams like that I'm not so sure mm. I, I thought there was a like defensively they were poor middle of the park they were dreadful didn't tactically hurt, tactically were poor set up wrong didn't hurt Dungeon United at all going forward massive massive uh, issues for Arbroath so I, I, I to be honest I was, I was quite disappointed and, and not because of like just, I was really looking forward to that game, and actually by halftime it was it was obviously done and dusted. So it was quite a, a disappointing ninety minutes, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I agree with with everything you said there. It really like it, it looked like two teams in different divisions. It looked mm. like a cup tie uh, yeah, against right. like a, a top flight <clears throat> side against a like a bottom uh, like a, 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 a sort of mid card League One side. I saw one YouTuber say like this: Dundee United squad is frightening and should be like top half of the Premiership. Hmm. Shut yeah. up. Not sure about that. Shut up. 
he's, he's, like, that's maybe you should stop listening to YouTubers. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the only YouTubers I like are Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them. Thank you very much. <laughs> These guys help me shape my worldview. Never listened to them, but I believe they're right wingers. Uh, Bad eggs. Listen, I, uh, I, 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 no comment. Listen, we're, we're here to talk about the football. It's like, like, can we please stick to the football? So, so, stick to the football, but it's sort of politics that uh, that you don't. They don't. I keep forgetting this is going in the main channel. I hope nobody thinks that I listen to uh, Jordan Peterson or Ben Shapiro. That'd be absolutely horrendous. No, no, no. I, I don't. I just watch uh, wrestling listicles and uh, uh, I just watch listicle videos. Um, top ten right wing commentators and think, oh, I'll need to, I'll need to listen to them. We could talk, Sean, about the big, perhaps <clears throat> the biggest upset in the lower leagues from the weekend. And this is at Bayview, where East Fife took on Peterhead and the Blue Toon won this 3-0. Peterhead, we predicted that they would have a season of consolidation and that East Fife would be challenging for the top four. However, based on this, I've got to say, Peterhead were fucking class here and East Fife looked like it was the first time they've played since their summer holidays. It was a, a real, it was like, Peterhead were aggressive and, and dominant and, and looked really, really strong. But East Fife looked so slow and mimsy in this one. I am starting to think that Peterhead's approach of signing players with all of the same names might actually, might actually work out. So if their surnames are Brown or Strachan or their first names are, is it Jordan? Got a load of Jordans? Jordan, Jordan and Jacks. Uh, then they might actually be fine, but you're right. I mean, it was it was three 0 <clears throat> Probably could have won by more. I mean, that wasn't a that wasn't a fluky result. And I like yes, I would say that maybe East Five would have been improved by was it like Scott Shepard got sent off in the playoffs, didn't he, against Clyde? That's so right. I think he was suspended for that. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't think Scott Shepard is a, a world beater. Benny stretch of imagination, but I do works think he's hard for the team. He works. He works well yeah. within what Greg McDonald's looking to do. And I think that him and Nathan Austin will be a good combination, better than Ryan Schiavone and uh, Austin were for, for this game. But no, Peterhead looked really, really good and maybe I've uh, misunderestimated them for this season going forward. Misunderestimated them? Underestimated them? Oh, Misunderestimating is not a... So it's, it's just estimating it's them. It's not a word, isn't it? Oh, that's, it's not a word at all. Oh, that's just estimating. You, just, you can take the miss and the under away. <laughs> Uh, I I agree. I I thought I was really surprised when I saw saw this result coming, but I think it was it was. I mean, Louis Moult and Bradley Rodden will rightly get a lot of attention for for their individual performances. I think Conor O'Keefe's performance here was absolutely superb. Number seventy seven jersey. Any time he got on the ball, like something something could happen. I mean, he had an early chance, very early doors where the ball broke to him at the edge of the area. He hit the crossbar. It might even have forced like Alan Fleming to tip it onto the crossbar. Really, really strong effort. Then he he scored the the the, the, the East sorry Peterhead's second goal, like a, a breakaway, and then a really nice touch and finish. In fact, say nice touch and finish, a world class touch, and an even better finish to to put them deal. I it was these five highlights are really really good and they've also they've got a new commentator in there who has got the most Fife accent I've <laughs> ever heard I, I spoke about I spoke, actually I mentioned this uh, yesterday he has he has got the most Fife accent but very very polite aye he like, sounds like, like and very knowledgeable like I, I thought oh, he came across very well but but mega Fife aye oh the, the, the highlights are excellent that's again that's that was just an observation rather than a criticism <laughs> Highlights package is excellent. And it's when you see Conor O'Keefe's second goal, the angle that they've got behind the goals, when you actually see, because it seems the, the camera doesn't, the camera movement when it when it's panning to track the shot, it doesn't quite track it. And I thought that maybe like it took a deflection or, 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 so Fleming, had, or Fleming had misjudged his die for it. No, no, there's, there's nothing that Fleming could have done for that. That ball is, is smashing into the net. And when you're you're seeing that, and you're seeing the guys in the middle of the park as well, I thought like um, Hamish Ritchie looked strong anytime he got in the ball. Andy McCarthy looks like like he's back to his best after sort of missing the first half of last season. Kieran Shanks looked like he's, like we said that in the big podcast about Kieran Shanks, if he can play in a settled side with a bit of ambition compared to last season's team, he can go on off to have a good season. But more than anything else, this will be the first time in well over a year that Peter Head have turned in a truly like 
like well say gobsmacking performance I mean, they have turned in some gobsmacking performances but not necessarily <laughs> in a positive way but where where pretty much everything went in their favor and it was all done on their own terms they were really really good here and i think it sets oh christ i just realized they're playing tennis Muir on saturday up at balmer oh we're going to be in for a game we are going to be in for a game but if you can play with that i think it was a really aggressive performance and i mean that again i mean that in a positive way i think Aggression is a good thing to have. If they can play like that, I mean, it's one game, small sample size, go on to have a very positive season based on that performance. Because I don't think that it's a poor East Fife team. I've still not necessarily changed my opinion on on East Fife. Yes, maybe they they won't be good enough to win the league, but I still think that's a decent team that they've got. And and Peterhead were far better. Uh, Greg McDonald, uh, the East Fife manager, was, was interviewed afterwards. I, I thought it was quite interesting in terms of the, the interview style. So it wasn't the, I know sometimes maybe the person who does the, the commentary does the does the interview. Not in this case. It, it, it sounded like an older gentleman. He was very honest in his questions. Like, you know how, like, sometimes you, you'll see commentators saying, well, oh, why, why, aren't we, why aren't we, like, really asking the, like, asking the manager uh, very honest questions about, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? Because it's the in-house media team. Yeah, yeah, so of course yeah. You're, I, I don't know who this boy is, but he, he was quite, I, I thought he was slightly scathing with his questions, but but fair enough. Uh, and But Greg McDonald was was quite honest in that he just, for, they were second best for the entire duration of the, for the entire duration of the game. But I was, yeah, I was very, very impressed with Peter Head. And, and suddenly, rather than them thinking, rather than me thinking that they might be lower mid-table Maybe they could win the league. I, I don't know. Based oh. on that, I, I thought they were excellent. Yeah, based on that, if you can, it's, as you say, like the the first game of the season, it's all about setting down markers, and it really gives fans an indication as to where a team's strength lies. As we said earlier on, the league cups are uh, the league cup, particularly the further down you come, it's a bit of a kickabout. A lot of teams haven't had the chance to properly put their squads together. They're still running with, with, with small numbers. The bigger teams haven't sorted out who they want to send out on loan, etc., etc. But to go away to a team who you fancy to finish in the top four and to comprehensively demolish them like that, that was the result more than any 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 result out of the three divisions. The one you go, oh, that's interesting. And then we actually get to see the action from it. It was just it was just dominant. What I would say though is as good as Peterhead were, there were times in this match where we are East Five. Just like Mimsy would be the word I'd use to describe them. And they looked, as I say, they didn't look fit. And what I mean by that is for for O'Keefe's first goal, when the ball gets played through to him, I think it's Brian Easton that tries to block it. But he's quite, he's off balance and basically takes himself out of the game. And there's O'Keefe. You know, O'Keefe could have squared it to Shanks. He he went himself. It was a good finish. But and then in the later on in the match, there's but I can't quite remember who it was that was running with the ball down the, the left hand side. But Stuart Murdoch comes over for a sliding tackle and he's miles away from it. Mm-hmm. He just the, the boy the boy just like sprints past him, miles away from it. And you're thinking, geez, oh, these are the two certainly next to Alan Troughton, two of the most experienced players in the team. Mm-hmm. And that you're you're going in for these tackles or you're you're going in for these interceptions, you're just nowhere near them. That would be that'd be a concern. That would be a concern. So I've I made a note of that, and it's uh, Greg McDonald mentioned it, and it's an and it's an expression I I sometimes find quite annoying, but you hear it on Pine Bovril quite a bit. But when McDonald referenced it, I I agreed based on the based on the highlights that I saw when he said I just feel that Peterhead wanted it more. Mm. But see, based on those highlights, see yeah. like 50-50 challenges or even even challenges that you might have felt were sixty forty in East Vice favour at uh, favour. Like Peterhead just seemed to just seemed to get there. Yeah. Uh, like I, I don't know how to describe it, but certainly in terms of in, in terms of uh head to head kind of physical battles, it felt like Peterhead were winning them. So I understand where Graham McDonald was coming from in terms of this. Uh Peterhead wanted it more. Even though it's an expression I, I don't necessarily like. Yeah, and on top of that as well, I think we may have misunderestimated Peterhead a wee bit because when you sort of <laughs> you go through the constituent parts, it's like like their goalkeeper, like Stuart McKenzie, who was the mainstay at Cove Rangers for a number of years, he only like lost his place in the team because 
Paul Hartley wanted to go with, sign Kyle Gurley for Dundee and mm-hmm. went with him and then realised Gurley wasn't, a, wasn't a, an upgrade and then brought McKenzie back in. And they went with Scott Venn when they go into the division above into the championship. Then it's all, everything goes to shit. They're still yeah. signing players. They probably signed mm-hmm. another couple of players this evening who have been recording this <laughs> at Cove Rangers. But McKenzie coming in, in terms of, I use, I use the, the expression a lot, but it's the best they could have got in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a guy who is a proven winner, that's two, well, one the, one the, I'm not sure how many Highland League titles he's got. Definitely got one when they got into mm-hmm. the SPFL, a League 2 title and a League 1 title. The guy's a, a, a winner, a massive upgrade in the, the dumplings that they had uh, last season. Then you've got like Richie. I think that's another problem they had as well last season. Guys who were out for it with injuries, like Hamish Richie, big strong player. McCarthy, sorry McCarthy, just uh, again big strong player. Somebody who can who who's good at using the ball, like like uh, Jordan Brown and Jack Brown, good players. It's just that like last season was just a complete write off for Peterhead. I I I think that yeah I I'm they're ones to watch. They're ones to watch for the season ahead. Yeah, I totally agree. Although I still wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be totally dismissive of uh, of East Fife. I still think they'll be okay this season. I mean, we've got them top four. That's where we had them. Are you going to change that based on this performance? Are you going to like one swallow does not a summer making all that? I, I, I still think they'll be absolutely fine. I think they'll be there or thereabouts for top four. Excellent. Well, is there anything else, Sean, to be said about the Scottish lower leagues? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, it's good. It's, it's, it, was, it was good to be back. It was good to be back. It's good. It's just a good feeling, like like being at the games where there's that that degree of tension, shouting at players in the stands, telling them to fuck off for stealing <laughs> yards at a throw-in, like going on your phone, flash score, checking the score, like looking at the live standing, seeing seeing how how your team's doing compared to others, checking the Falkirk result, making sure how they're getting on. It's just class, man. It's class having it back. It's And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going up to Peterhead on Saturday. I'm going up there. Are you? Driving? Aye. No, no, no. Taking the supporters bus. This will be the first time in years I've actually been on the supporters bus. So, how long does that take? Well, if to be in Stennismuir for 10 o'clock, I will need to leave Glasgow. There's a train going back to Stenny at about 10 to 9. So it's going to be a long day. I'll probably be up at 7 in the morning. Uh, and I probably won't be back in the house till probably about ten at night. I have done it. I've, I've done Balmoor once, and it was a long journey. But I, I suspect that'll be slightly longer for yourself. Yeah, I because I mean I've got from from Glasgow back to back to Steny. But no, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. However, I very much approach this game with a with a fairly big degree of trepidation after that because Peterhead did look really good. I suppose that essential. I mean, the podcast is. The Lower League podcast is, is I suppose this podcast is just apologising for the stuff we got wrong <laughs> last week. <laughs> Listen, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. You know, like in our in our mad pursuit of the scoop, we, we sometimes make mistakes. <laughs> that's all that's all we can really say. So we need to apologize to Bradley Ron. We need to apologize to Peterhead FC. We need to apologize to the parents of Ethan Ross. <laughs> Honestly, I was mortified. They were raging. Oh. I was like, oh dear. That Did was they really say cruel. anything or they just they're just looking at nah. you? No, nah, two of them just, just looked and stared at me. I mean, that, that can't possibly like let's not the like let's face it, like, I didn't stand up, I didn't scream, mm. I didn't shout, I didn't I didn't use terrible language. Just said, I, I wish you could lost would just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean essentially that's what it was meaning, but that's that's not quite my words, but yes, that's mm. Was, One of the worst cool. things I saw in the football, there was a guy Stennis Muir had on loan about 10, 11 years ago, a boy called Gary Smith, who they took on loan from Motherwell. And I think Smith was reasonably well rated when he was coming through the system at Motherwell. But he, after his loan spell at Stennis Muir, he had a pretty bad injury and was let go by the club. But I think he's doing quite well in sort of like, or certainly was doing well in junior football. I'm not sure if they're still playing. But when he came at Stenny, you could tell like a wee bit about him, but it was quite raw. And one of my associates like shouted at him and gave him a bit of abuse. And like a couple about 10 seats <laughs> in the row along was his dad who shouted back at him. So you're getting two people shouting across from, from one another. And it was just I, an edifying reward, an absolute spectacle. You know that? Imagine Listen. if this was your da sort of thing. 
Listen, you see it every week. Enjoy your football respectfully. And I, I didn't do that on Saturday. And here's here's the repercussions. I can't believe, Sean, that's the the one thing that we finished this podcast, a polite reminder to our listeners to enjoy their football, but just be considerate. Be considerate to the other people around you. Be respectful. And you chose not to do that. Listen, I, I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson the hard way. Be, I mean, if the if the dad had socked you one, that would have been that would have been the hard. That would have been, that been harsh. I was literally just saying to Andy, I, I don't like Ethan Ross. That would have been the, harsh to get, to get punched for that. And the daughter going, "Fucking kill him! Fucking you slagging off my brother, you fucking prick!" Like her, her would have been take, awful. Her taking off her stilettos and just trying to like leathering even the heel of them. But and then I missed the last two goals. That would have been awful. <laughs> Well, Sean and I are going off to record a Patreon podcast. If you want to listen to that podcast, please support us because there are podcasts that are going out every day of the week and you can listen to them for as little as £2 a month. Well worth your time. Well worth your time. You, you, you can say what you like about the terrace. You can say that the guy that runs it is hairy and unkempt. The, the Hearts fans in it are weird. Their eyes are too close together. Myself and Sean laugh at our own jokes. Yeah, all of that's true. That's true. <laughs> we do give you value for money. You do get value for money with the podcast. Mm. So we're off to do that. Uh, I would say enjoy your football, but please do so respectfully. What's the mm. point when Sean McGuigan can't be bothered? Simple as that. It's but true. It's true. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.